0: Welcome. This week's guest, Angela Marshall, is a motivational speaker, professional writer, columnist, best-selling author, creative consultant, ex-NFL wife, and business owner of In Other Words, By Stone. Angela resigned from a 20-year job in the corporate world to embrace the purpose that has pursued her throughout her life, to be unmasked, unchained and untamed. She struggled through a lavish but sorely lacking lifestyle as a former NFL wife. That chapter in her life produced her autobiography, Reality to Rags to Riches, the story and life of an ex-NFL wife. And she is also a featured author in the Women Who Lead anthology that chronicles successful women across the globe. Angela is an entrepreneur and a positive words powerhouse that utilizes her personal life experiences of struggle, strength and success to captivate audiences and readers abroad. She speaks with positive purpose and passion to motivate others while encouraging them through their challenges. She is also a community advocate, youth mentor and supporter. Welcome, welcome Angela Marshall. Hi, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm outstanding. How are you? Awesome, awesome! Wow, you wouldn't want to know my trials and tribulations, but that's all good. That's all good. We're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you. Um. So look, tell us a bit about your journey because you like you were an NFL wife, right?
1: correct Like a
0: well, I don't know. We would call like soccer stars over it. We call them wags, right? That's like, correct. I don't know if they get called wags over in the U.S., (laughs) but you were a wag, right, from our perspective. I was definitely a (laughs) wag. Yeah, there we go. And people would say, wow, like, that's awesome. Like, why were you struggling with stuff? What was going on? Like, hello, (laughs) must have the perfect life. Loads of money, famous husband, all that
1: attention come on, tell us your story. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me on your amazing podcast. It is so fitting for me, especially when you say strong, you put strong and human, you know, and single is like, oh my gosh, I encompass all of those. So, hey, (laughs) but thank you so much for the opportunity to just share with your viewers and listeners. While that lifestyle is very, very um, uh, adventurous, it is one that exposes you to a lot of phenomenal people, phenomenal things. What I lacked and what I struggled with the most, which it was like a mountain of other things, but the most was what I call the be like Betty syndrome. And what that is, is it is societal pressures to be a cookie cutter, like everyone else within that organization. I have to look a certain way. My children have to look a certain way. I have to be a certain way. I have to carry myself a certain way. Um, It is the most miserable thing to do, whether you're in an NFL, National Football uh, League lifestyle, or you're just you know, just every day in life, the comparisons that we do, whether it's us as as adults or even children, it is not good it is a recipe for disaster and doom. So during that particular time, that was a really, really um harsh struggle that I went through that I had to overcome because it's like on one hand, you know, you're trying to fit the bill for being the wife of a quote unquote, celebrity. And all the pressures that come with that. And then on the other hand, you know, you're trying to figure out and define your life, what you want, how you want it, Mm. why you want what you want. And it's just so much bombarding you at that time. So it was it was just it was overwhelming. So that was the greatest struggle among others, because, of course, you know, people think that celebrities or people in position of power, like they just have their lives all together and, and like their family. Doesn't have trials and tribulations, or their marriage doesn't have trials and tribulations, or they don't have money problems, or they don't have you know different different things. But we had all of those. Every last one. The only thing that I struggled the most with was the be like Betty identity. <laughs> well, and, and were where you like? Did you get
0: married young? Were you yes. young and having to do? Yeah. See. Yes. And, and I, I, it amazes me how we all think. That celebrities like Bieber and like, you know, I mean, and last time I spoke to you, Johnny Depp's court case was in the you know, and we're sitting there going, oh, these celebrities are like, we put them on pedestals and we go, oh, they're amazing. And, you know, and we believe there's something different from what we are. Right. And like, you know, and their wives. Right. As you and their and their husbands, et cetera, et cetera, that they're all different. And actually, they're, they're just a human being. They're soft and squishy, like right. us, right? And, and they the have emotions. Mess. Yeah, <laughs> and they have emotions. And yeah, okay, you you know maybe maybe you don't have the money worries quite yeah. as much as somebody who is like not you know doing three jobs and all of that stuff. But they're different money worries. And I don't mean no. different money worries from like, who do, what do I go and buy next? Do I go and buy four cars and all different colors or anything like that? Although that would, you know, some people have that problem, but it's, you know, it, it must be, there must be other issues and things that happen that you go, wow. Okay. Like, you know, I, I me, can't afford that or.
1: Well, to me, an issue is an issue whether it's money, yeah. emotional, mental is family is relational is, um, you know, relationship, partnership, business, whatever it is, professional, an issue is an issue and it's going to throw you off your game. I mean, that's what it's designed to do. Any type of adversity or adversary is designed, you know, for you to um, struggle through it so then you can overcome it if you have the mindset to do that. So, yeah, it's just, you yeah. Know, and I,
0: well, and I'm thinking of a be like Betty syndrome, right? The yes. fact that you have to, you as an individual, and you're such a strong individual, but you have to not be who you are. You actually have to be who the media and the people out there think you should be, which may not be who you are. Um, and then you have to deal with all of that impact on your life because you may want to I don't know go and paint sidewalks pink or whatever who knows but that's not what they would fit you into that pigeonhole as such absolutely that must be a struggle as well man oh wow wow and like and you did do 20 years in corporate as well so I've been in corporate and
1: I know how much of a struggle that can be as well so (laughs) Well, that's why I said it doesn't matter. You know, that's why it kills me so much when people think just because you they figure you've made it because of a certain lifestyle or commas and zeros or the people you associate with, like your life, like you're not bombarded with things every single day. It is not true. And I don't understand. I mean, like, I just I don't get it because there's there are people before me, there will be people after me and people now that are in my same arena that are transparent and we all are saying the same thing. My mentor just um spoke to me this morning. He was like, Angela, success will always leave clues. So if if you have people before you that are saying, I did this, 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 and this failed, or I did this, 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 and this work, or I went through this, 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 there has to be some truth to it. But people still think, you know, oh, she's on TV. He's on TV. He's married to this person. She's married to that person. Oh, he has this. She's driving that. And like, there's no other worries or there, there are no other issues. And that's just simply not the truth.
0: <laughs> yeah. And look, I was thinking, I was thinking the other day actually, um, the pressure that must be on people my age in the media. And look, hey, admittedly. They can go and get cosmetic surgery if they need to, like, you know, if things are sagging or they need to, you know, do a touch. I mean, this face, thank God people can't see this. This face, like, needs a bit of plastic surgery, all right, or a bit of filler here and there. I was looking at it in the mirror today going, oh, my God, like I've got lines now that I didn't think I was going to have that I'm going, this needs to, you know, thank God for lighting. That's all I can say. But... um. But the pressure that must be on people like Liz Hurley, J-Lo, all like 50 plus, right? Um, Halle Berry. um, I'm trying to think of other people now. Um, But you
1: know what's what's ironic though, Claire, is those people, when you see them naturally, to me, they look more vibrant and, and more beautiful. Because when you have the makeup and you have the concealer and you have the this and the that, To me, it is more of a facade. It's like just a temporary feel good, but I get it. You know, of course, you don't want to look too tired or you don't want to, you know, certain things that, that we look in the mirror and we go, wow, you know, (laughs) I may need to make a little uh, adjustment to that. But for me, for me, if you feel like you, you know, you have to keep up with societal pressures as far as their standards of beauty, that's a problem you know, and that's more, and it's not, and to me, it's not more, it's not a physical problem, It's more of a mental and an emotional problem. Because again, you should feel very secure naturally, uh, you know, or better naturally. And then if I want to add a little lipstick or this or that or rouge or whatever the case is, I want to do, you know, to myself to make me feel a little, you know, more uh, beautiful, then you do it, but not because, you know, I'm trying to keep up with society tells me my ears should look like this, so I'm gonna get half of them yes. cut off, or my butt should look like this, so I'm gonna get something from my arm and put it in my. I mean, I'm like, you know. Madonna, your butt looked lovely, right? Why did you have to she go and pump beautiful. it up?
0: Absolutely. Happy dad, like, and now she looks like an alien, I have to say. God love her. Like, you know, I, it's up to her what she wants to do to her body. And I'm all fine with that. She's 60 odd and looks 20 odd. But, you know, I go, "Mm, okay, okay, but I'm not sure what's going to happen. Like, are you going to be like 80 and still, like, I'm not sure what's going to happen with everything that's been put into her body. But her decision, again, her decision, I, if she wants to do that, because that's what she wants to do, that's great. If she is doing it because the media says, oh, Madonna needs to look like this or whatever, then I go, well, that's not maybe so great, but. That's how she earns her money. So, Absolutely. And, oh, my God, we've just gone straight down a big rabbit hole there. But it's all good. It's all good. So, okay, so what was the turning point for you regarding this merry-go-round that you were on? And where did you go, no, stop, I need to get off. I need to just, like, this isn't what I'm, you know. what? What happened with all of that?
1: Well, I think it was more of what didn't happen and it oh, was okay. right and it was you know because you take different pieces of of information or advice or suggestions or whatever from this person that person this situation and it's all in search of happiness and for whatever reason I still wasn't happy. Wow. Oh, but I'm I'm doing this like, you know, they say I should oh, I'm doing this with my children. I'm looking this way, I'm feeling this way. I'm I'm adhering to, again, there's that word societal pressures and trends and styles and you know, magazine articles that say you need to do this or you have to do this or you gotta look, you know, but I was still unfulfilled. So at that point, I begin to think like, well, you know, the common denominator of my happiness is always me because every time I subtract or I add this person, that person, this magazine, this TV, you know, show or whatever that said, this is how I, you know, how I should be here or look as a person, as a woman, I still was so unfulfilled. (laughs) So I just decided at that point, you know what, let me see if I can put and piece together this puzzle of happiness for Angela and that's what I started doing it led to my divorce but that's what I started doing
0: (laughs) but sometimes but sometimes these things do don't they because sometimes you're in a situation where you need to grow and move on and and you know expand your world in a different way and yeah and I think you know if you if you I mean, God love my parents. They've been married for fifty odd years, and I go, "Okay, not sure I could be with somebody for that period of time." <laughs> I think they would want to kill me, let alone me kill them. But, um, but yeah, but like, well, I don't know. And they've sort of grown together, or they're just complacent and they just love e- like, they love each other, and they go, "Oh well, this is you know, this well, is I what think we're doing." That
1: I think at that point, when you start to really accept people for who they are and we stop trying to change them or make them and mold them, it's kind of like the be like Betty. You know, yeah. people are who they are. Now, with that being said, I think that any deficiencies or flaws that I have or vices that harm other people or harm myself, harm relationships, partnerships, um you know, uh, uh, business dealings that I may have, absolutely, I need to take a look at that and say, hmm, maybe that is something that I need to evaluate and I need to grow, I need to do better and be better. But from the standpoint of, you know, there's two personalities, there's two characters, there's two sets of morals and values. (laughs) And so, you know, it's a coming together, it's more like a, a union. And I understand that now after divorce, didn't understand it so much when I was actually in the marriage because, of course, I couldn't see beyond him and his faults or what I, I thought I needed him to be or what I wanted him to be. Yeah. And that was just not a good recipe. So yeah. your parents, apparently, they've been together for over 50 years. I don't think yeah. maybe complacency a little bit, you know, whatnot. But I'm pretty sure now or, or maybe the last 20, 25 years, it's like, you know what? That's who she is. That's who he is. I'm just gonna. We 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 just gonna figure this out and and weave it together.
0: <laughs> They're just old. That's all I can say. God love them. I mean, God I love, love them. Like they do. They travel around. They do their own thing, which is great. Awesome. Um Yeah, yeah. But this, yeah. Awesome. Um, better stop talking because my mum will be cringing now if she's listening to the podcast. But that's fine. Um, cool. Okay. So. So what did you do? I mean, well, obviously you wrote a book, right? But I'm
1: assuming that you did some other stuff before that. Absolutely. I just started journaling a whole lot. I started writing. Yeah, I started writing. That's how my book came about, The Story and Life of an Ex-NFL Wife. I literally started writing things I liked, I didn't like, um, areas of opportunity for growth for myself. I mean, you name it. It was like... Just a bunch of stuff I would sometimes put in all caps (laughs) and screaming at myself, you know, trying to figure out, like, why did I even allow myself to do or be or become X, Y, Z? And then there were apologies in there as well. Um, You know, not only to my children, but to my ex, which, by the way, we're very good friends now. I mean, it it took a minute. We've been divorced almost 22 years. The first eight years of that divorce, we were like, right? The first eight years we were like at each other. But now, I mean, you know, like it's so much better. His life is so much better that I'm detached from him. And my life is so much greater that I'm detached from him. So, um, you know, it it, it definitely all worked, worked out in the end. But I just really started looking more at me. And that was really the pivotal point. For myself, because I could have still been, you know, wallowing in self-pity or sorrow and thinking him, him, him. He didn't. He didn't. He did. He did. And this is why, you know, demise. But at the end of the day, it's like now that I'm no longer with him, am I still going to make this about him? Like, how, what? how does how does that help me? How, how will it help me grow? And then I had our two children that were nine and eleven. They're now thirty four and thirty two but they were nine and 11. Wow. Right. So <laughs> now, you know, I'm like, they're 9 and eleven. so if I'm still letting him own and take up space into my head and my heart and my mind and, you know, uh, my life, like, how do I, how do I forge, you know, for I could have just stayed into the marriage if I was going to do that. <laughs>
0: You've sort of got to get let go, haven't you? You've got to let go of, the past
1: because that' of go, you gotta let go well we, yeah <laughs> totally okay.
0: and, and I love what you said about journaling because I every morning well nearly every morning it depends what happens but I every morning write down three things I'm grateful for what <laughs> three things that would make my day awesome and this is a bit of a Tim Ferriss thing um but three things that would make my day awesome and um three affirmations and they don't have to be the stick your fingers down your throat gaggy sort (laughs) of like I'm great uh, I'm like a winner and all of that stuff but it can be things like I'm a good mum and I'm working on being a better mum or something like that who knows I write various different things Um, and the affirmations thing I find really hard but that could be my background I'm English so we don't like saying good things about ourselves. We tend to use satire and all of that stuff quite a bit. Um, and, um, yeah, and that's just what I do every morning. And I feel as though if I get it out there in the ether, I, my life is better. My day is better. My day is not full of rubbish, like one mistake after the next mistake. It's just... I don't know it lifts me it just it makes me focus on what I'm grateful for which is the fact that I don't have a gun pointing at me when I leave the house my son although he's got a cold at the moment is healthy he has all his arms and legs and like you know all of those things which is great um you know and I I'm so privileged to have a house have a car have a job and all of those sort of things. And although I don't write them every day, some days it's just, I'm so glad I have a full supply of coffee in my cupboard, you know, stuff like that. But, yeah, I agree. However, I am considering changing my journaling to things, like you've said, because um, just actually writing, sitting down and writing for 10 minutes, I don't – I do write for 10 minutes, but it's just these set things – but I wonder if getting it onto paper and getting it out of me might just help me as well. So continue Absolutely. to do what I'm doing. But
1: Absolutely. The journaling on paper as well as even if you don't want to journal, if you want to just sit and designate three minutes, five minutes, eight minutes, 80 minutes to just talking out loud, it all helps. You know, because sometimes I will just be sitting in my vehicle and I will have a conversation <laughs> with myself. And it will be, you know, you really didn't want to agree to that meeting or, you know, you, you, you know, you should have done this or, OK, maybe you should call your son back and you guys, you know, you need to apologize because you were a bit overbearing. But I speak those things out loud and yeah. it's a source of, one, accountability. And then, two, what it does is it helps me to just release. It's almost like re, or, or like programming my mind. When I speak it out, whether I'm speaking or writing, I'm programming my mind, you know, this is what I need to do or or, okay, if I'm speaking something that I don't well, this is what I don't need to do. And then I'm reminded of it for whatever reason. I don't know. It's almost as if it like um, permeates throughout my body more or resonates through my body more. And then I actually make better decisions. And I think I am more, um, you know, I'm more of a complete person, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, and it's like, and I have to say to all the men listening to this, right, at the end of the day, us women have to get it out of our body, I think. We have to, here, like <laughs> you in the car talking to yourself, like I do it as well. And sometimes I, I like I work in the IT industry, so I have a lot of male colleague, work colleagues, <laughs> poor work colleagues, who are friends. And sometimes I just have to say, right, let me just talk. Don't need you to solve anything because I need to solve it by getting it out of my head. If I get it out, then it seems to form into some order or I then get a plan. Absolutely. <laughs> so it sounds like you're the same and you talk to yourself in
1: your car. And it was <laughs> That works. doesn't sound mad. <laughs> i just wonder um, sometimes like the people that are sit that are next to me or they're you know like from parked somewhere they're probably like what is she doing because yeah, like i'm I having a real car. conversation with myself
0: <laughs> now i sing in the car so god knows what people think of me so i'm like you know obviously if i pull up to traffic lights i sort of try and like just nod my head but yeah no it's all good it's all good so okay so I know that one of the things so you taught I mean you do loads of talks. You've written two books. So one your first book was about the life of being an NFL wife. Then you've written another book. And what was your second book about? Because I don't I I know you've written two books, but I'm not sure I've got that written down. What's
1: so Oh the it's sec- it's
0: yeah. Women Who
1: Lead? So I'm actually a featured author in that book. Oh, I didn't write cool. it, but I wrote yeah, I wrote a chapter in you you it. Wrote a bit in it. Yeah. It, Correct. And it's a compilation of like 30 women across the globe that talks about their struggles to success or struggles through success. However you, want to, yeah. however you want to term it. Because I what I don't want to give people is false hope or false representation that, OK, this is, you know, I had these struggles and now I'm so successful that I don't have struggles anymore. No, 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 no. Does not work like that. <laughs> it's almost as if I've the struggle it's almost as if the struggles amplified the more successful or the more grounded, the more mindful you try to become. It's like, okay, now I'm going to hit her with, the, Oh, well, you know, it was a 10. Now I'm going to hit her with a 20.
0: <laughs> oh, Cause you can deal with the 10 you see. And it goes, when the world goes, well, you need more challenges.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so that was the second book that you were, you're in. Is the that's correct. It.
1: That's the second book. Yeah, correct.
0: That's right. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, okay. So you've gone like had what a lot of people would think is the perfect life, but there's been struggles within that, right? There's been like, um, challenging times let's put it that way I'm trying to think of the right word to frame Mm -hmm. this right but there's been challenging times in there so how have you how have you dealt with those challenging times um how do you deal with those challenging times because they don't they haven't stopped like you've said right so if something happens that's like not necessarily the most positive thing in the world right how do you deal with that what do you do with it?
1: Well, I have what I call the D system. <laughs> and oh, what that D is, system. the D. I thought it would and be that that is...
0: A system or the M system, <laughs> like for Angela or Marsha. Oh, this is the, <laughs> the D, system. D system.
1: And I okay. decide. Oh, okay. I implement determination. And then I deal with it. It's just that simple you know okay. everything i was asked i did a, a a couple of interviews on yesterday and the one of the young men one young man that inter, interviewed me he asked he said you know so what's the formula for xyz and i said well it all starts with a choice it all starts with a decision because the formula doesn't work i don't care i can give you guys you know you got to do this 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 and this but you we have to consciously make a decision Yes. To say, okay, now I'm ready for this level of success, or I'm ready for the solution for that problem, or I'm ready for X, Y, Z. And get this, you know, the decision, even when we make it, it's like you have to continue to make it over and over and over again, even through the determination and then dealing. Because there's going to be a lot of stuff that that's going to constantly um, you know, combat you. That's that's gonna battle you for power of your mind, of your body, of your finances, of your family, of your faith, of your you know whatever it is that you're trying to be and do and have access in this world. It's not designed to be easy at all. It's not supposed to be. <laughs> so I just decide I kickstart, light that fire under determination, and then no matter what comes at at me, because. You know, as we all know, I'll just use the, the diet for a minute. It's like if I decide right now and I tell you, you know what, I'm going to go on a diet and I'm going to remove chocolate chip cookies. What do you think I'm going to crave the most? Chocolate, chocolate chip, chip cookies. cookies. <laughs> right. So oh, that's yeah. why that's why when I make the, dessert, the, the, um, the, the decision and then, you know, I'm determined I got a deal <laughs> with each one and I have to continue It's like a repeat. Decide. Have determination. Deal with it. Decide. Have determination. Because the next day I may wake up and say, "Forget that. I'm want that chocolate chip cookie. I'm off the diet." <laughs> but how, okay, so how
0: do you keep yourself focused on that decision that you've made? Because this is, and I agree with you, right? the <laughs> The one thing that you go, "I'm not having. I'm not going to have that glass of wine, or I'm not going to have that." Piece of chocolate or whatever, if we're talking diet, right? Or I'm going to go running five times a week, right? How do you focus on doing what you've said? Because to me, that's one of the most challenging things. Because it's okay for a couple of weeks, right? A couple of weeks, maybe three, and then you get to that point, and you go, oh sod this, I'm just going to do it, like I'm. Or you go, I can't be asked to go running. And I suppose I was listening to a podcast the other day and I suppose that's the difference between winners and people who don't achieve what they're looking for. And I'm not going to say losers, but people who continue to go around the same wheel as such, the same cycle and go, I'm going to go and do X, I'm going to go and do X, and they still never
1: achieve it, right? And it's sort of you've just got How do you deal with that? Well, I think for those people that never achieve achieve it, to me, that's more of a, you know, that's a choice. It's a a indecisive. But now for people that achieve it, and then, you know, we kind of stray or whatnot, how I found what works or what works for me is when I fall off, and notice I didn't say if, when I fall off, when I fall off, I don't stew about. It. I don't be like, oh, oh my God, I got to start over from square one, or oh, I'm such a horrible person because I skipped a day of training, or I ate the chocolate chip, or whatever the case it is. Like, you know, I face it, I forgive it, and then I forge ahead. I mean, it's it, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like if we continue to worry about failures or failing or you know temporary setbacks we will never get to where that line is, whatever that line of achievement is. And the thing about it is, is that line of achievement is always moving. So it's not like I'm always, I mean, you know, you think about it. It's not, I can't just say, well, I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to get to this size or I'm going to get to this, whatever, whatever the goal is. Well, there has to be something put in place for you to maintain it, to stay there. So... Well, you know once you get to that because otherwise if you got to that line of achievement you could just stop right you're right <laughs> so the line you're of right. achievement keeps keeps moving.
0: well we uh, but but like say you want to go I don't know say you want to lose weight and get to a size we have You have size zero over your Mm -hmm. area, don't you? Yeah, we do. Size zero is supposed to be this uh, amazing goal, right? And I'm like, oh, my God, how skinny do you want to get, right? So, like, me, for me, size 10 would be lovely. I was a size 10 when I came to Australia. (laughs) I'm so not one now. Let me just put it that way, right? Uh, We're so glad this is audio. Um, And, hey, I'm like – and I would class myself as a normal size 50, okay? So it's okay. I'm not some Mahoo 5th blooming lady and if I was so what Absolutely. right I'm a lovely person so it doesn't matter but um if I wanted to get to a size 10 that's great I could get down there well maybe I couldn't at the moment but anyway we digress um but if I get down there like you said right I got to state like you know I can't get down there and then go oh I'm gonna bounce back up to like you have to maintain it right which is still a whole different ball game because it's not about restricting food or or any, like exercising like a crazy person to get to the size 10, right you then if you gave it all up if you got if you achieved your goal and went, okay, I'm there, happy days it's you know it's like climbing Everest, right It's okay to get up to the top, but then you've got to get down right That's which amazing. is still a, which is which is it's actually a challenge as well harder than getting up right because challenge. most people die on the way down. <laughs> and let's not talk about death but you oh know god, like Clint. but, it, but <laughs> i know don't go there it's like oh my god um but that's okay i'm now on my second cup of coffee i didn't get much sleep because my son was sick so it's okay we're going down every avenue at the moment so okay so how do we teach our kids this and i would call it resilience right because you are going to get you every day every day we get negative stuff happen in our lives small some are really small stuff like i don't know like you run out of coffee and some are really big major stuff right (laughs) i'm not gonna run out of coffee believe you me but some are big major stuff um so how do we how do we teach our kids this and i think you you're you work in the community a lot don't you and like you you help kids with all of these sort of issues?
1: That is correct. I have a lead program for ages six to 17. And then for ages 18 right. to 21, I have a mentee program. But it's basically, you know, I think teaching our children is twofold. One, <clears throat> we have to be very transparent about our uh, struggles and about our, our failures. Now, of course, I'm not saying if the child is six, you need to talk to them about you know, something traumatic that happened in your life. It has to be within their level of understanding. However, yeah. I do feel like when we talk to them, you know, we have to be totally honest about why we ended up the way that we were or in the situation, or even if it wasn't our fault, you know, why the person or the thing or whatever that has, um you know, become an obstacle. How did it become an obstacle? But most importantly, Problems should never be amplified or issues, struggles should be amplified. Solutions should. And that's where I think we send the mixed messages because it's like you beat the horse to death about problems. Oh, woe is me, woe is me, victim, 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 woe is me, woe is me. And, you know, when people, whether it's children or our peers or whomever, if that's all that they hear and that they resonate with. How can they be Man. taught resilience? It's just is it's not really possible. I think that's one being very transparent with our, you know, our shortcomings and our failures. But then definitely any the best lesson for resilience is to allow the person to have their own consequences from wow. their actions. I don't care from three years old, six, eight, 18, uh, uh, twenty eight, eighty. 80, we have to be willing, you know, to allow people to carry their own crosses and bear their own burdens because you learn from that. One thing I am a sole believer in is that crisis brings construction, but coddling brings destruction. Yeah. Yeah,
0: because, like, if you don't have crises crises, uh, in your life, Mm -hmm. then how are you going to grow? If everything was perfect all of the time, like, well, why wouldn't you want to, like, why would you change that? Why would you want to go and do X, Y, and Z?
1: Well, it kind of ties into, like, you know, uh, one of the things that you and I talked about before from a parenting standpoint if you're always there and you're enabling them or you're softening the fall or you're softening the blow, it's not going to teach them resilience. It's not going to teach them over, you know, to correctly overcome the obstacle obstacle because actually you did it. You overcame the obstacle for them. So I think it's just very important that we learn how to separate when we need to step in. And there are times now, you know, obviously, if I've got a toddler who isn't as alert or aware as I am, and he, you know, is taking off into traffic. I'm not going to be like, well, you know, let me just let him yeah. learn from that. You lesson. can learn your lesson. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> no, but that's fair enough. <laughs> absolutely. So there has to be balance there, but we have to make sure that whatever the age, appropriate the understanding for the mindset of of you know of the individual. I have to just be very mindful that um you know some things they just got to go through you know I, and that's the the now cliche you gotta grow or you grow through what you go through or whatever people are saying oh my but, gosh uh, yeah it's such a you know like everybody is saying that now but I really believe that really the only way for true growth for all of us just human the human race is just really to you know, to go through some things and, and understand mm-hmm. why. So then that way, it's like, you know, the next time, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, uh, you know, make that choice. I like to use the analogy. Uh, I shared this with my mentee some time ago. I have a son. He's 34. Our, my, our daughter is 32. Our son is, is more cautious than our daughter. And I don't know if that's because she was the baby or what. But what my son would do is he would, you know, go, let's just say to the end of the cliff, and he dangle an arm, or maybe he dangle wow. a leg, or whatever, you know, and he's just like, you know, different problems, different situations, different whatever in his life, you know, kind of t- tinker with it. But our daughter, who's 32, and, you know, when she was younger, she would be the one just fly off the cliff. And it's like, just let me land where I may because that was her mindset. She was invincible. She was going to do wow. what she wanted to do without any. That's Caution crazy. whatsoever. <laughs> That's crazy. That's
0: crazy. That's an awesome analogy, I think. Um, so tell me about positive plays. Positive. What are positive plays? Because I've heard you mention this a few times in previous, you know, things I've heard you speak about.
1: What are positive, positive plays, plays are facing adversity and adversaries relentlessly? Absolutely, one hundred percent. It is impacting and influencing others through making good decisions and good choices for outcomes or results that might have gone left, but because you decided, no, I'm not going to, you know, fall into the the trap of of, of not making a right choice during this particular time. I'm actually going to make a good choice and I'm going to have a better outcome. You know, a lot of times I think the plays or our play, our life playbooks that we have is filled with, with different things that could go either way. It's just like sports and it is some plays we're going to execute and we're going to fumble fumble the ball. We're going to, you know, what do you call it? We're going to air ball or we're going to strike out. And then other plays, we're going to actually hit a home run. You know, we're going to shoot that three, we're going to make that touchdown. And those are, you know, the positive plays in life. It's just making sure that we're learning from our mistakes, that we are overcoming obstacles each and every day and just really striving to be better and, and do better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and when, so, and what you're saying is it's about focusing on making the right choices. They're your positive plays. Focusing on, focusing on making your right. And notice I didn't say perfect. I didn't say
1: perfect play, but yeah, because again, I can line it up as much as I want to and play it out in my head and say, this is the result that I'm after, but I can still fumble the ball. you know, I can still, you know, not get to, not. The world still has an effect. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. The
0: world still has an effect and people still, you know, um, things still get involved in your. Absolutely. (laughs) And I have to agree, like when I was younger, I have to agree with you. I would plan out and go, right, this is going to be the perfect night or whatever and blah, blah. And it never used to go like that. And I'll never forget. I got married when I was. I got, Oh God, I've got married when I was 24, which is a long time ago. Um, I do sometimes wonder what he's doing now. Um, but, um, yeah. Uh, and divorced about two or three years later. So that was a lesson learned. Um, but it was raining on my wedding day. It rained. It was like horrible where everyone was like, Oh no, we're so sad for you that it's raining. And I'm like, control the weather can't do x y and z and in fact it brightened up for some fantastic awesome green photos wow. <laughs> so we went to like a park and had loads of fun they were lovely and green and lush and everything was clean because it just been washed by the rain um no the stuff was really dirty and um yeah so you just the things that like you know you can't plan for like a beautiful sunny day and this that and the other so Yeah, you just got to get on with whatever you get thrown, haven't you? Really? Um, No, 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 no. So that's good. That's good. That's fair enough. So talk to me and tell me a little bit about um, what you do with the kids that you know in the in the community stuff that you're doing with the kids that you deal with.
1: um, Your six to ten year olds, is it? And then your teenagers? Right. Well, it's six to seventeen. And what oh, and what it is, is I have a league program where I just pretty much instill different tips and tools on how to be a successful leader. And I think leadership is important at that wow. particular age, because, of course, we know they're being bombarded with, you know, um, peer pressure, with bullying, with just all sorts of of, um, uh, things, right? That's that's testing them as a person, you know? And so what that LEAD program is designed to do is to help them understand why leadership is important. The very first tool of me um, or, or what I share with them about me and how I grew into, you know, a pretty decent leader is I talk to them about in order to lead, you have to get you, you know, you have to go behind effective leaders. So, you know, that is trying to steer them in the right direction as far as, you know, them picking their friends or their circles because, you know, you are who you associate with. <laughs> and so giving them those types of of tools to understand why it's important for them, you know, with education, with ambition, with determination, in every area of their life, is is very important. is is a necessary tool. So that's what we talk about now. Yeah. My my eighteen to twenty one year olds, which is you know mostly mostly girls, mostly young adult uh, women that I have. Oh, yeah, wow, mostly young really? adult women. We talk about life because at that point, you know, okay, they're pretty much still trying to figure out who they are um you know what they want to be what they want to do in life and so it's just about trying to cultivate them to understand okay now at this point what you do not only will it affect you but it's going to have a boomerang you know cause or, or an effect that's going to you know reverberate through your family through you know the community as a whole as a large so those two pro those- and could last for a long Absolutely. time so those two programs because we're
0: because we're out in the social media oh world my right gosh. so you know when you and i were there when you and i were their age yeah. right like we had tv and we had whatever was happening within our local community as such but like the globe wasn't as accessible potentially Absolutely. to us um only through what we were fed in magazines papers and and the media but now well now millions so and millions and millions
1: media. and millions of people can see that you do stupid stuff too <laughs> yeah well that's one yeah. of the like, we used to do I stupid stuff and there
0: was no videos exactly and, and then this is the thing right we all used to do stupid stuff but we weren't on Absolutely. video
1: or we i'm know. so thankful <laughs>
0: yes yeah, so god so am i <laughs> oh dear so am i so you know i i feel for our kids because i think um there is just so much stress and pressure on them to perform number one to perform right and some of our kids don't want to perform in the social media arena um but it's about performing and they feel as though you know what is out there should be out that you know i should be out there i should be doing this and and also what they post is out there for a long time absolutely so if not forever and somebody somewhere if they become famous or they do some fantastic achievement or whatever somebody somewhere is going to pull up a bit of dirt on them or what so it's really our kids need to be very conscious about what they're what they've got out there it's um it's an interesting world to live in for them poor kids Absolutely, and but, that's um, why
1: i try to tell them is One thing to, you know, live um, a little reckless because we all, I mean, let's face it, we all have been there, done that. And I'll admit, even some things to this day, I'd be like, yeah, I may have to just pay for that later. But (laughs) I feel like, you know, it's just um, understanding the impact, true impact and influence that I have. And then what's the intent behind it? So, you know, if I want to leave a good legacy and I want to help people to make positive plays, to convert downs and lives to wins and other things that I, these platforms that I, you know, have decided that I can be a subject matter expert or I can speak on, then I have to be very aware of my presence, of my words, of my actions, you know, my whereabouts. I just... You know, I, I don't think that there's any other way, especially in today's society for, oh. yeah, for us to, you know, get, get that point across. And and I get it. They don't understand it at certain levels, but that's why, at least for my grandsons, what I do for them is I show them video that a, a you know, person who is not making a good decision or a good choice. That they yeah that they've wow. done, and then if it leads to jail or if it leads to, or you know, if it's something really traumatic like a death or whatever. Um, but you know my grandsons are they range from from fourteen to four. Of course I don't yeah, yeah. I don't show the four year old that, but definitely you don't show the four year old right, that. The fourteen year olds <laughs> and the thirteen and twelve they understand, so showing them yeah. that and 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 for a moment you know at least if they're faced with it they're like. Ooh, you know, cause I've had like two of them that have come back to me like, Ooh, no, no, you know, this happened. And I remember that video that you showed me <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. So I think that that's, that's, yeah. what, that's the fear. And, and I,
0: I agree with you. Like I, my biggest fear is my, so my son is now well, six going on seven and he's now on iPad mm-hmm playing games and stuff like that and a lot of the games that i mean he's not on like 17 plus games but he is on some like i shouldn't have done this but he's on like some Mm nine-year-old games and stuff like that um because his friends are on there you know minecraft blah 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 right but like in some of these games people can come and talk to them and that's where they do this child grooming and like I've been in IT forever. So all of the security issues and all of this grooming and catfishing and all of this stuff, I sit there and I go, I know this is real. I know this can be fatal. I know this is, like, horrendous. I do not want any of that to happen to my son or any child, right? Um, And these kids get – they're so innocent. Like, he's so innocent and he gets sucked in. Um, and so obviously I've blocked all of that chatting and talking and accepting friends and all of that on everything. Right. But it's about educating them and saying, you know, these people are out there. Not everyone you meet or talk to is going to be a nice person. Hopefully they will all be, but you know, you just don't know. And they are dealing with, these people are dealing with their own issues, not anything to do with you as a person, but yeah, no, um, yeah it's showing them yeah so that it, it is the advantage of youtube in the fact that some people have gone out there and done the talking to kids on computer you know on computer games and then gone and got them and oh my god i was watching a program the other day it was in the state i was watching a program the other day where these guys are playing games you know where you can have this online gaming where you talk to people and you can join up in teams and you can win mm-hmm. money through these games right and this there was another guy who basically would set up SWAT teams. So he would get, so the people would get peed off with whoever they're playing, right? They would know them and then they, this guy, they would pay this guy money to phone up the police and get SWAT teams to turn up to houses and stuff like that, saying, oh, you know, uh, I'm there, I've shot my dad or whatever, and I've got guns and all, and the SWAT teams would turn up and like somebody died somebody died because somebody did this joke but sent them to the wrong house and somebody died right? and this dude is going why are all these people at my house you know um so it's a yeah people don't actually understand the implications of their actions so yeah the internet is a scary place it's a great place but also a scary place so you know hey ho. <laughs> so look what where can people talk to you um, or get your books or find out more about you then where, um, where can they find you? Well, I, you, you've got a yes. website and facey and all of that. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Stuff. I am all over the, look, the scary and the, the same part of the internet. <laughs> um, my website is www dot in other words, by stone.com. I am on every social media outlet, Known to man, either Angela Marshall or the story and life of an ex NFL wife, and you can you know any of those outlets, you'd be able to reach me, connect with me, purchase books. Just say hey, uh, you know, send constructive criticism because I don't do bashing, I don't do demeaning or belittling. <laughs> I do not respond to any of of you know those no. type things, but you know anything that can help me to be better and to become better, I'm I'm here for it.
0: <laughs> no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Constructive criticism is great. Trolls go away. That's all I can
1: say. Uh well, no even thanks. if they don't go so, away, I'm not going to feed them so they're going to starve. So they can continue no. to leave the comments, which I, yeah. I do. If it's really vulgar, um or if it's just, you know, really really awful comment, I'll ban it or I'll delete it, but I leave all of the hateful, you know, sometimes the the hateful or or discouraging, yeah. I leave it because it just it's a reminder for me that, you know, I'm not for everybody, everybody's not going to agree with me, everybody's not going to understand my perspective,
0: no. but
1: I don't care, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So look, um thank you so much for coming on this podcast. It's a pleasure talking to you, real pleasure talking to you, and I'm so grateful that you came on and like spoke to me about everything that you're doing everything that you've learned uh, it's been a one hell of a journey for you angela one hell of a journey but um it's positive because you've turned it into a positive and you're helping kids out there and teens just get through life which is brilliant and become hopefully become good leaders or
1: at least give them the tools to deal with life, which is brilliant. I truly believe in my mission as it is stated. And that is, I um, am seeking to positively impact and influence through my words, through my work and through my wisdom. And with keeping that in my forefront, it just helps me to pay attention to how I act, how I speak, how I react. Um, You know, just it encompasses that one sentence just encompasses so much of of how I'm trying to live my life, you know, regardless of certain things that I go through, you know, I'm not going to throw in the towel yeah. ever. Yeah.
0: Look, <laughs> yeah. I, I like I, I must be getting old because I actually well, I am old, so I don't know what I'm saying must be. But like I think. I've learned a different level of understanding and empathy for other people. So people can get shirty or, you know, snap at me or whatever, right? And um, basically, I just, then normally you'd go, it, normally it would be about me, right? But previously, it would be, oh, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with, you know, blah, blah, blah. But um, the problem is that i well, problem is not a I can't think this morning. Um, it's not a problem. The the thing is, I've turned that round and I go, well, I wonder what's going on in their life for them to actually. So it's turning it round. And actually, it's not all about me. It's not about my ego. It's not about me and where the situation is. What's happening in their life that they're actually reacting in such a way that it's so like snipey or negative or but you know, Maybe they just don't like me. Well, that's okay. Like you said, I'm not everyone's flavor, as it were. But, um, yeah, maybe there's really bad stuff going on in their life and they just need to get it
1: out some Absolutely. way. And
0: <laughs> that's, and that's usually the dump case. A
1: truck And dumping their that's rubbish. That's usually the case. You know, they have something going on personally. They have something going on professionally. It could be that they don't like you. Or the the major thing, it could be because they don't like them. They don't like themselves. <laughs> so, yeah, In no, a way, exactly, exactly. any of those four scenarios is none of my business. I can't help it. I can't change it. So what I can do is just not take it personal. Exactly. And whatever the interaction is for that moment, that's what it is. And then I go on my merry way.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Look, thank you thank again. You. I have one final question hey. for you. If you could recommend a book for my listeners, and it can't be your own <laughs> books right? We've already recommended (laughs) them loads. (laughs) But um, what would it be? What would that book be? Oh, gosh. What has impacted your life? Yeah, I
1: am on such a mindful journey until I've read some really, really great literature. I will say probably, oh, gosh. Well, the book that I carry around with me, even when I'm reading other things, and I think I've read it like, in December started reading it in December, but I've reread it several times since then. It's The Mountain Is You by Brianna West. A phenomenal book. The Mountain Is You by Brianna West. I also will recommend um wow. yeah it's phenomenal. I will also recommend Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights. Oh. Phenomenal.
0: <laughs> oh my God. God yes, love it.
1: Phenomenal
0: I mean I loved him before but like after the book Absolutely. yeah Fena- no, phenomenal. Fair
1: any i think any tool any book that you can get i'm not going to be sappy and say it should just be a self help book because again i'm reading some books that are just helping me to yeah. just grow as a person i think any book that you that your readers can get that really inspires and 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 not just from an inspirational point but it actually illuminates and it liberates them to be better and do better and achieve whatever it is they're trying to achieve in life, hey, they should go for it. But those are the two books that have really propelled me. The Mountain is You by Brianna West and then Matthew McConaughey, Green Lights.
0: Wow. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Look, thank you so much again. I've said it (laughs) how many times? Thank you. Look, it's a pleasure having you on the podcast. Um, I'm going to let you Get on with your Yay. evening because it's evening where you are and um you can go do what you do in the evenings. I'm not sure what you do in the evenings, but um and I'm going to get on with my day because we're in Australia here and...
1: It's just morning time. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I I appreciate and I look forward to um, you know connecting again on down the road. However, and when I get to Australia, I'm definitely gonna look you up because it is on my it is on my living life list.
0: (laughs) Oh my God! You're welcome. Come and visit. Come and visit. Take you for a wine. Absolutely. Thank you. Cool. No, thank you. Thank you. Have a great evening. You too thanks for listening if you've enjoyed this podcast and you would like to hear more please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts if you would like to support us further share this episode with your friends and family and finally drop us a review on itunes as i'd love to hear your thoughts comments and ideas it all helps me to understand and produce awesome content you want to hear just like this If you want to check out our past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast, or for links, resources, and show notes, go to our website, www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey, and Twitter. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one is perfect. We're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin, and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.